the customer journey just skyrocketed, right? Like now they're no like and trust of you is through the roof. They don't have to see 12 different touch points on Instagram to decide if maybe you're the right fit. They've just seen your personality. They've learned how you teach all that thing. And so, yeah, of course they're going to be an instant buy. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Okay, let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and -and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. Hey, welcome back to our content marketing series here on the podcast. I'm your host, Emily Reagan. I'm bringing you this series to help you be a better digital marketer. That's right. Even if you're working as an assistant, a specialist, a coordinator, you are a marketer and it's time to own it. And this series is for you. In the previous episodes, we've talked about the background that comes with being a content manager. We talked to Sophia, a content marketer manager herself. We've talked about Canva and customer insights and research. And now we are queuing up to go into some of the different platforms where we're sharing this content. It was kind of funny when I was creating this series because a content manager could seem like someone just managing the content on a website, but it's really managing all of the content marketing across platforms, taking your clients' marketing plan, their KPIs, and making sure you're hitting their goals and trying to do it the best of your ability. And it's so easy to feel spread thin, like you should be doing all of the things, but I'm hoping this gives you a taste of how others are doing the work and where you can lead your client into what makes sense. But in the next couple episodes, we're getting into Instagram, Reels, Facebook, and communities. Just gonna help you be a better freelancer. You need to know this for your clients, bottom line. The role of the marketing assistant is changing. Let me repeat that. The role of the DMA, the VA, is changing. The repetitive tasks that can be done with your eyes closed are being sent overseas. The DMA role, this digital marketing assistant role, is quickly being replaced by AI. And it's changing how you need to look at the content that you're creating for your clients. There are ways to do it faster, efficiently, at a B-plus level, using these AI tools. There are so many tools out there right now, and that's why I'm so excited to announce that we're adding a new module 
to the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School, which opens in October. We're having a new module about tapping into these AI tools. And here's why. You will learn what you need to do to optimize for each platform, but tools can do it faster. We're moving into this world where we need to be messaging queens, where we need to really understand content, where we have to understand the content that gets somebody to buy. We have to be able to go into the the words that AI is spitting out and making sure it's aligned with our clients' goals. And we're not just throwing spaghetti at the wall, posting to post, because that shit's easy. I can go into Show right now and I can get a couple crappy tweets to put up about my podcast all automated. No, we have to be elevated. So there's a place. Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School is going to set the foundations. It's going to teach you what you need to know to understand the big picture. And there is going to be a very short startup phase where you get in and do the work. And very quickly, we turn on those AI tools and we get going. YouTube is a really good example with the way shorts have taken off lately. All the short form video we're seeing repurposing from TikTok and Instagram. And then what Melissa is teaching today is just going to blow your mind in how she is creating a workflow that starts with video, which is probably one of the smartest things I've ever heard. But you do need to be aligned with your clients. So we're going to talk about that today. It's not for everybody. You could absolutely do what I did with Jennifer Allwood years ago. I just got it going. She started getting the monetization paychecks, and then she got to a point where she needed a full-time YouTube specialist to manage it. It's okay to start. It's okay not to be perfect, but get it going for some of your clients. So I'm excited about all the changes happening. I am so glad I created this course when I did. It's the perfect timing. I'm so glad this series is coming out, and you can see how it's all lining up. Because to be competitive, you are going to have a content marketer manager hat on at all times. This podcast series is the tip of the iceberg. What you need to do is go get on the wait list for the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. We're opening a live cohort in October with a brand new AI module. We start October. We end in February. It's eight weeks to get through the course, but I built an extra time to work with me and have some implementation weeks and get continued support. Because at the same time you're learning marketing services, you're building your business, people are coming in at different levels. Some people have websites, portfolios, others don't. So we help somebody from scratch startup. But if you're coming in as a VA already doing the work, you've got a really good head start. And then we share job leads with you so you can step into this content manager role very quickly by gaining as much experience as quick as possible. So get on the wait list. I'm so excited about this. So back to Melissa, she's the owner of Wanderment Creative, a YouTube marketing agency and coaching business. She helps entrepreneurs build their social media following on autopilot. She offers a variety of services. She does a mix of implementation and strategy, and she can help her clients produce six months of specifically written, filmed, and targeted videos in only three days. Is that not magical? But it's also on par, on brand content that creates customers for life. Her goal is to help all entrepreneurs create a simple, repeatable, and sustainable system to make video content creation and lead generation a breeze. We're going to talk about getting started on YouTube. We're going to talk about thumbnails. I'm going to ask her all the questions, but mainly how do we use YouTube to grow our clients' business? You don't need to take a $4,000 YouTube course. Listen here, get the goods. 
and then come join me inside the Digital Marketers Workgroup because we are sharing leads for clients who need content managers, who need help with YouTube, who need help with their video content creation. If this is you, apply because we're opening the doors very soon. You're about to get a bunch of emails about it, so I hope I see your name come through. Cannot wait to welcome you into our tight-knit community where we do referrals, networking, advanced trainings. We help each other stay up to date. And we share our best tools. We're sharing AI. We're all learning this. Like this is too much for one person to keep up with. That's why we need to work together. Okay, let's jump into the interview with Melissa Mitchell. Hey, Melissa, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here on our content series talking about YouTube and how to make it a lead generation machine. Tell everyone hello, a little bit about you, what your life is like, where you live, all the good stuff. Yes, thank you so much for having me. So yes, I'm in Canada, actually. So very fun Canadian girl over here. I've been yeah, doing YouTube for the last about, I guess it's been almost three years now, which is pretty crazy. I kind of jumped into the world of YouTube from social media and branding. That's what my background was in college. So I went to college for graphic design communications and was in the corporate world for about six and a half years before I jumped into freelancing and social media and all that fun stuff. And then soon realized that I really did not like managing people's social media accounts. And so I really needed to find something else that still served my passion and still allowed me to freelance and still gave me that freedom, but still solved all my clients' problems. And that's when I found YouTube. So that's a little bit of a, of a, my journey of what it looked like. Okay. Can I ask you a specific question about how you left corporate and did the freelance? Yes. Like, what did that look like? Yes. So I was very young. I think I was 21 when I first left corporate. So maybe a little bit older, 22. And I had, yeah, like I said, been in there for six and a half ish years and started from the bottom, built my way up into this corporation. I really, really loved my job. I was working for an events company and I kind of was doing graphic design when I first started. And then I moved into a sales and marketing role into a management role. And so I really had, you know, done everything that was quote unquote, the way you were supposed to do it, right? Come out of college, get a good job, work your way up in the business. I soon realized that sitting in an office all day wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. And if I was going to do it, you know, I wanted to be paid accordingly. And so, you know, that just wasn't happening in the corporation. Sometimes in big corporate worlds, it's just, there's a lot more strings that have to be pulled to be able to make the income that you want and the vacation hours that you want and all of those things. So it just wasn't happening for me. And so I decided, okay, I'm just going to quit. And I quit really like with no plan. No way. I was young, no plan. Like looking back now, like that I have more experience in the wisdom I do. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was insane. But I still lived at home at the time. I was very young. So I think I felt a little bit more empowered that I didn't have the pressure of, you know, bills on my plate. So I think, you know, some people listening to this might not be in that situation. So do recommend quitting your job (laughs) with no plan. But that is what I did and started freelance graphic designing on the side which was great. And then I really kind of got into being a business owner and I realized, okay, I can do this, make this an actual thing, make this an actual business instead of just being a freelancer or making it a side gig kind of thing. And so that's when I started doing social media management, built my agency up that way, and then kind of pivoted into YouTube from there. Okay. One burning question I know everyone listening is going to have, like how did you get the first client when you were, you know, out of the job? How did you get that first client? 
Yeah. So I took a lot of like little courses here and there. And like, like I said, when I quit, like I knew nothing about online business. Like I knew nothing. I just thought, oh, I'm going to do like some graphic design stuff for like some small businesses in the city here. Like that's what I honestly thought. I never thought it was going to be a big online business. I never thought I was going to go into social media marketing even really. So I kind of got my first job through friends and family on the graphic design side and like referrals and networking that way. I went to meetups in my city. I did different little like, what is that called? BNI. Do you guys have BNI in the States? Like the no. business networking oh, meetups? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's kind of like you go and it's like every morning or whatever, and you can be a guest and you can talk about your services. So I did that quite a bit at the beginning too. And that's where I got the majority of my first clients in branding and graphics. And then I slowly pitched them into social media when I started doing that and grew my skills on that portion of things. Yeah. And then, like I said, moved into YouTube. So you are not alone. There are a lot of digital marketing assistants who graduate from my school, especially who decide like social is not for them. But I think it's part of the journey. I think we need to learn it. We can dabble in it, understand the client work, but a lot of people choose not to do it. So I think it's fascinating that you did this path graphic designer. This is so what I teach too. And I had no idea getting on this podcast with you today, but Graphic design opens the doors to this and social media is a great gateway, but then you you niche down. Can you just talk a little bit about why mm-hmm. you knew social wasn't for you in the long term? Yeah, so I 100% agree with you, first of all, that I'm so glad that I learned those skills early on. And I think that the branding and the graphic design skills have so much to do with it too, because it's easy for me to create content, right? It's not a big deal for me to go onto Canva or whatever and, and spit out stuff. So I think having those skills from the beginning is very, very important. You know, the biggest thing for me was that I think I take my brand very seriously. And so I know other businesses take their brands very seriously, but no one will ever love your business and your brand like you do. So true. And I I think that's the biggest thing I learned in managing people's social medias is that, you know, sometimes people give their social media over to someone and they expect them to be in their head about their content. And that's just not reality, right? Especially when you first start working with someone. I don't understand the ins and outs of your business. You don't understand the ins and outs of my business, right? And so to try to meet their level of expectation when it came to that was really hard. And then I would beat myself up because I wasn't meeting it in the way that I would have liked to meet it. But because there was impossible standards, right? Yeah. That was the biggest lesson for me of, you know, how can I create the best service for my clients? without feeling like I need to be their voice, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I loved what you said that creating content came easy to you. I mean, it sounds like a piece of you still enjoyed that, but talk to me about your shift to YouTube and then also tell me what your business looks like now because it's so related. I mean, that social media strategy, the no like trust factor, the things we're trying to do, you're just doing it in one channel now. Yeah. And it's funny because there's the social media management is still a part of my business, but just in a different way. Okay. So like I still teach people now how to create four pieces of content for YouTube and then break those pieces of content down so they can go across all their social channels. So there still needs to be a strategy for all those social channels and understanding of how that content needs to be created for all those social channels. But it's now in an easier way. It's in a faster way and it's in a more strategic way. I love that. And so with your method, you're making YouTube come first. 
And then everything else can be populated and algorithms can be fed, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why do you love YouTube? So it's a search engine. So it's different than Facebook or Instagram where, you know, you put something in the algorithm and then tomorrow it may not be performing for you or in 48 hours or whenever the algorithm decides to no longer show it to your people. And that can be really frustrating. And I've heard from so many business owners when I'm talking to them or entrepreneurs, they say, you know, I'm, I'm sick of being in like the rat race or feeling like I'm constantly creating content. And that's a really hard place to be in, especially if you're just starting out, you're a one woman show, you know, you're trying to get your business off the ground, you're trying to get clients, adding content every single day or feeling like you need to constantly create content is burdensome. And that's not how we want business to feel. I want your business to feel light and exciting and to feel like you can close your laptop and not stress where your next client is coming from. And so when I saw that YouTube could do all of those things for you, because people are finding your business and your videos organically through search, I was like, well, this is where everyone needs to be. Like, this is the solution that's going to provide that freedom and all of the values that I created my business around in the first place. Okay. I love that. I love that so much. And I will testify to that. I have watched some of my customer journeys and I find that people who are searching for answers to their pain points are usually coming to me organically and it's blog and it's YouTube. And I don't have like crazy beautiful data for you right now, but I'm paying attention when people are joining (laughs) my Facebook group because that's kind of where I send most of my people right now. And YouTube is one of the number one spots. And they're also very almost qualified. Like I had a couple people watch me on a YouTube and immediately buy. And I just never see that before. So there's something about this channel that's delivering me a higher quality lead or ready or however you want to phrase it. Someone who's ready to move forward, which is ideal for me because I'm ready to teach them and like give them the client work and show them how they do it. So I just think it's beautiful. But I will tell you a couple years ago, I didn't start being the face of my business until three, four years ago. But I thought it was like too late for me. I thought YouTube was old news. And then I'm just watching this data come in. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like enlightening. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you said some really key things there is that one, people are coming to YouTube when they're already problem aware, right? So they're coming there. Well, there's two sides, but usually it's they're coming because they have a problem and they're searching for an answer or they're coming to be entertained or inspired, right? Usually those are like the different areas. But for most of the people listening to this, if you're, you know, a digital marketing assistant, your clients are usually coming to YouTube to solve a problem. So if you think about that and you could be the solution to their problem and you come up in search results and you just answered their problem for you, the customer journey just skyrocketed, right? Like now their no like and trust of you is through the roof. They don't have to see 12 different touch points on Instagram to decide if maybe you're the right fit. They just seen your personality. They've learned how you teach all that thing. And so, yeah, of course, they're going to be an instant buy. Oh my gosh, I love that. So what does your business look like now with your client work? Like, how have you packaged everything? Because I know people listening who are in the social mm-hmm. media world are and looking for a way out who might be considering this, like, mm-hmm. tell them what that looks like. Yeah, so I have two kind of sides of my business. So I have the agency side where I will actually do everything for you. So entrepreneurs will come to me and they say, you know, I don't have time to manage my YouTube channel, so I will take it over. And the only thing they're responsible for is actually filming the content. But I come up with the ideas, I write the scripts for them, I upload, I edit, and I republish for them across their channels. So it is a lot in that side. And then I have my coaching side, which is the side that I really, really love. It's 
actually going through quite a revamp right now. So I've had a group coaching program for the last year and a half, almost two years now called Video Marketing Accelerator. And previously it's been a six month course to show you my three phase method to get your YouTube lead engine up and running. And so now it's pivoting into a live cohort that's gonna be six weeks long. And it's going to show you how to get your lead engine up and running in six weeks. So make sure to you know click the link in the show notes or in, in the description below this video and definitely save your seat to the wait list if the doors have already closed by the time you're listening to this, because there are going to be different versions and different rounds that I would love to have you a part of. Oh, awesome. That sounds so good. And I know so many of the marketing assistants in my world who are starting to shed things that they're not it's not their wheelhouse anymore. So finding someone, A, who's been through your program, who offers that service, or B, being able to send their client through it, or perhaps it's just not in their wheelhouse and they want to come to you and get the full YouTube support because that is a monster in and of itself. A lot of us are not video editing and we know how much time that can take too. So that's awesome. There's a couple yeah. ways to work with you. So what kind of results are you seeing with your clients who are on YouTube? Yeah, so really cool. I actually have a client who is in the real estate space and he came to me he already had a channel and he was like it's just not performing the way i want it to his videos weren't really really getting the views that he wanted to and so we did a complete audit of his channel revamped it and within two months of working with each other he surpassed his a thousand subscriber mark so that was number one which is pretty cool in three months i think he was at like 400 when we first started working together and then after that he was like okay it's you know his main lead generation machine for real estate and so I was like, hey, what are your quarter one goals? Like, what is your you know, revenue goal? And he surpassed his revenue goal in the first quarter of working together just from his YouTube leads. So pretty amazing that you, know, you don't need a million subscribers to make a lot of profit on YouTube. It's really about how to create that lead system on the back end of YouTube that is going to bring you clients. Oh my God, that's so good. Cause I'm like, I can't keep up with Mr. Beast over here or like all these like huge channels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what other kind of clients work well for YouTube? So I always say that like anyone can be on YouTube. Like if you have a business and you have an offer, you can be on YouTube because at the end of the day, if you're setting up the system correctly, it's not about Mr. Beast style of that millions of followers and, or subscribers. I mean, that's great, but you can really make a profitable business with a small amount. But I really enjoy working with online coaches and service providers. That just seems to be my sweet spot of, I really like the businesses. It's also a replication of my own business. So I can get in your head a little bit easier for me too, of understanding how to strategically position it. So yeah, that's kind of my zone of genius. Okay. So do you have any advice for a marketing assistant who's helping their client maybe set up their channel or maybe they, I think about where I was with my client, Jennifer Allwood. She had posted a few Facebook lives and it really wasn't a bigger strategy, but she definitely needed my help to feed the algorithm. Is there something we need to know to be successful? Yeah. So I would say the two things that are overlooked the most when it comes to YouTube is one, we really want to understand your client, like who you're trying to reach and do that market research. Like I know it's, You've probably heard this before from a million people and you're like, I don't want to spend time on calls and like all this stuff. And I get it. I've skipped that stuff before too. But the thing is with YouTube is that you don't want to bring in the wrong leads, right? You want to bring in the right leads. And so understanding your ideal client's pains and what problems they're looking to solve is going to be number one because then you make content creation so much easier. So that's number one. Don't overlook that. 
Number two is definitely keyword research. So now that you understand what they're looking for, how are they saying it? I think that's a big thing because a lot of people go onto YouTube and especially when you're an expert, there's a lot of jargon. And in the digital marketing world, there's a lot of jargon. And so understanding whoever you're working for, whatever their niche is, what are those people actually searching for? You know, do they say funnel or do they say lead machine? Do they say a way to get clients, yeah. right? Like how are they phrasing things to make sure that your titles use those proper keywords? That was such a success story for your real estate client. And I would love to know how can we help our clients turn YouTube into a lead generation machine? Yeah. So to create a lead generation machine, it's really about, you know, obviously doing the keyword research up front, like we talked about, creating that video content. And I always teach batching because I want you to save as much time as possible. So I always like to say, you know, minimum batch four videos per month in like one sitting. For my done for you clients, we, we batch out, you know, 12 to 26 videos in a sitting, but that can sound a little bit overwhelming for someone new. So just batch create will save you time. And then once your video is created, it's really about optimizing it, putting it up onto YouTube. And then that system on the back end is really what makes my method different from everyone else's is that it's not just about YouTube. Yes, YouTube is the hub. Yes, YouTube is where your traffic is going to be coming from. But you know, if you just have people watch your video and don't take any action, that's not really building your business, right? We really want to create that lead engine for your business that's going to continue to work for you today, tomorrow, two years from now. Hey, I'm going to stop right there and interrupt you. If you are listening to this podcast and you are thinking, yes, I want clients that will value me. I want to be involved in writing projects and marketing projects. If you are a marketing freelancer or marketing assistant, I'd love to have you in the work group. Our enrollment window is open right now for a short time. So get your applications in. This is a community where we have job leads, networking, advanced trainings, and the community and the support and referrals you need to hit your business goals. We'd love to have you use the link in the show notes to apply or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash workgroup. All right, back to the show. And so that means after they've watched your video, what is the next step for them to work with you? You know, is it, you know, a checklist? Is it a guide? Is it a masterclass? Is it a challenge? Like what do you have that can be your next event? that's gonna to continue to help them on the journey. And so that's what you prime in your video and have them click below. And once they've done that, they've now come to your next event, they're now on your email list, and that's when that sales funnel or that sequence on the back end really starts working for you and brings them into your world as a lead and then eventually a sale. Awesome, this sounds like it takes a lot of back end work to build funnels, right? And then planning and being strategic about it, not just slapping up any old YouTube video, any kind of talking head video without some kind of smart, intentional call to action. Do people really take action from YouTube videos? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I actually have a video that I created two and a half years ago. And the positioning of it's a little different because it's about later versus planally, like the scheduling softwares. And it's still one of my most popular videos. I think it's at like, I don't even know, 10,000 views or something silly like that. It still brings me in leads to this day. And I created it two and a half years ago. I forget exactly my number. I have it on one of my slides, but it's brought me over like 700 leads or something like that from the one video, which is absolutely insane. 
Wow. And so I love that you're tracking and getting yeah. down to very granular to what video is converting. Are you using Bitly or UTM links to do that? Yeah. So you can definitely use, I use Bitly in the beginning. It's a great, great software. Yeah. Awesome. Oh my gosh. That is so fun. I have one of my top YouTube videos is something I repurposed for a friend, like with a friend in mind, because I have such a bleeding heart and she has a sister business. And we talked about this other work from home opportunity being a real estate transaction coordinator, something I don't teach, something I would not love doing. That's my most, I haven't given YouTube a huge strategy, but that's my most watched video. And I'm actually earning affiliate income from that. Very slowly, like not a whole lot, but every time I earn affiliate income, I'm like, this is freaking amazing. And I mean, I I, I honestly did it to help her because I was building kind of a sister audience and I do want to weed out people who don't want to do marketing, but it's so fascinating because I keep thinking like, what if I do this more intentionally? Like, what could I be capable of? Like to see dollars running in is phenomenal. I mean, leads, like I'm always want leads for my course and for my Facebook group is where I send a lot of people to. So, oh my gosh. I'm curious about YouTube users because I get kind of annoyed because I just feel like they're always asking me to subscribe, right? Like there's like always that. And I know we need yeah. to do it. And I think there's probably strategic points in the video you need to do that. And I, I just find myself getting annoyed by that. But I feel like it's hard to just like physically see the caption, like the way the design is from YouTube, like you have to click on the little carrot. And so in my head, I was just wondering if people actually clicked on it. But the answer is yes, they do. They do. Because that's where your links are. Yeah. So I guess it depends, right? Like if you don't call them out, like as humans, we're very, we like to be told what to do, right? We, that's why call to actions are so important. And so if you don't mention your freebie in your video, they might not click the description, right? That's why it's so important to be like, okay, so now, you know, click the link below to get XYZ because that's going to drive them to actually be like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Like I want to know how to make this faster with her checklist, or I want to know how to implement this strategy with her masterclass or whatever it is, they're going to click the description below because they want that next thing. And that's why it's so important to make that a really juicy offer. Yeah. And that's why earlier on this podcast, I heard you say, like, get the link below in the description. Like, I know you've got it in there. Let's be really meta for one second and we'll have a teaching lesson. Yeah. What I do is I usually have my editor put over the shoulder the opt-in and the link and a fake button. Tell us what your freebie is. Yeah, for sure. So I have quite a few different ones. And like, just a little side note of a tip is do not create a million freebies like I did at the beginning because that creates a really large mess of links for you to manage. So just a little side note of learn from my mistake. Because <laughs> I have like, I don't even know, 20 different freebies out oh on my, my YouTube page and it's I, just, a, it's a mess. A it's a mess. <gasps> You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too much. So don't do that. You could do like one or two like really, really solid freebies. So right now I have my masterclass that teaches you my three phase lead engine method. That's the biggest one I've been driving traffic to right now. And then the other big one is my YouTube channel checklist. So it shows you how to optimize and set up your YouTube channel for success. Thank you. I love that. I know my marketing assistants are going to run with it. And you can get that checklist in the description below. <laughs> yeah. All the, little, all the little hand gestures, right? <laughs> subscribe here. Yeah. Subscribe. You're pointing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I had to do that. So... Okay. Can we talk thumbnails for a minute? Like what's working with thumbnails? Yeah. I kind of feel 
I don't know. I'm a little snarky and a little judgy. Just know that about me. And I know I just see all the thumbnails that like look freaking ridiculous as people making like wide open mouths yeah. and big eyes and pointing. Like, is that what's working? What's working? It's funny because this question has come up so much to me lately. I'm like, thumbnails are just like such a hot topic right now. <laughs> but I'm glad that they are because I think they're one of the most important things for your YouTube channel, to be honest. Because if someone doesn't click on your video, your engine's not going to start, right? Like that's, that's the first step. So I always say, one, it needs to be consistent with your branding, right? I want my video to look like my video in the sea of stuff that comes up on the search results. So they know, oh, that's Melissa's video or, oh, that's Wonderman Creative. Um, so that's number one, keep it consistent. Number two is always have a picture of your face. In my opinion, people relate to people. So having some sort of human element on there, I think is important. If you don't feel comfortable having your face, it could be you to the side. It could be you looking at a phone, like just a human element in there, I think okay. is very important. And then three, honestly, the biggest thing would just to be look at the search engine results for whatever keyword you're trying to rank for and think like, how can I make mine look better than all the rest of the people's on the screen right now? Oh my God, I love it. Because like I could sit here and say like, oh, put your text to the left or, you know, all those silly things that people say, but at the end of the day, those are just silly tactics that might work for one day and then not work for the next. And I'm all about sustainable marketing. So I would just say, look to see what made you stop and click. And then how can you make yours better? Yeah, that so might be kind of a fluffy answer, but it's the best advice. Well, I mean, yeah, you overanalyze things, see what's working and what's catching your eye. I mean, I think that's good advice. And I asked that question because I know a lot of VMAs are doing these thumbnails in Canva and there's some good templates there, but you also don't want to blend in and be like everybody else. So it's kind of like, yeah, how can you flip it? And then also watch out for like safe areas because I think that's one of my pet peeves is like there's little black bars that kind of will, you know, obstruct some of your text and yeah, I have a lot of like random YouTube bros who reach out to me and they're like, your YouTube sucks. Can I make it better? And I like, this is my answer. I'm like, no, thank you. F off. And I know, like, I mean, I could get lost in this rabbit hole of perfection, yeah. but I feel like, okay, I'm, it's consistent. Like it's good enough right now. Like we can go like perfect it later, but it's so funny. I wonder if these guys really get clients that way. Like, does it really work? Do you think? I don't know. I don't know. It, yeah. I mean, there's so many things that you could, like you said, go down the rabbit hole of, and we can yeah. always tweak and always perfect. And I'm all for that. Right. But you know, it's really about consistent action. Yeah. Getting consistent action is the first step and then let's tweak. Yeah. Right. Don't get cut off in all the details. Cause that's just going to stop you from creating in the first place. Okay, so let's talk consistency with the algorithm. When do we need to publish and how often? Like, what would be a cadence that our clients can keep up? Yeah, so I guess this really depends on what other marketing initiatives you have going on. So if you are creating YouTube and it's going to be your hub system like I teach and then you're going to repurpose, now you have a lot more time because you're not worried about you know all these other places. Yes. Um, so then, you know, once a week, so four times a month is a really, really great place to start. I love that. I mean, you could you could continue that cadence for a very long time and see success. Now, if you're just dabbling into YouTube and you're like, oh my gosh, four times a month, like I don't have time for that. Cool. Start with once a month. Like if that's all you have capacity for, start with once a month. Put that up there. And then as you get like the systems down and the thumbnails down and all those things, it's going to become easier for you to do twice a month. 
then do three times a month, then do four times a month, right? It's better to do that than post six videos in a month and then peace out for six months. Yeah. Because you burnt yourself out. This is the problem I see with some of my former YouTube clients is they just couldn't keep up with the content creation, which is why I love your system and how you really teach batching. So is YouTube smart for everyone? Like just realistic because we get these shiny object chasing Mm -hmm. clients who want to be everywhere. And we know that we're supposed Mm -hmm. to be one channel. So at what point should we be like, no, YouTube's not for you right now. And at what point do we just say, start less than perfect and let's just get this going because it is going to take time and we do the once a month like is there like a good deciding factor for us because sometimes we're coaching our clients right and we're also kind of protecting our scope and our workload yeah that's a really great question i think it comes down to first of all if you're doing this for a client does the client feel in alignment with youtube like do they like teaching on screen or on camera or would they prefer to do like a video podcast? That's really huge right now. I have a lot of people coming to me and saying they want to use YouTube along with their podcast. So like what is going to light them up? Because the more excited we are about creating our content, the more it's going to work for us because people feel that energy and the more consistent you're going to be with it because you're actually enjoying it. So I would say that's first step number one. Like, is this what you really want to do? And not out of fear, because sometimes people say, oh, I don't want to do YouTube or I don't want to be on camera. But it's not actually that they don't want to, it's that they're scared. So make sure it's not about fear, but that, you know, they actually want to do it. That was a (laughs) difficult question, but I actually really love your answer. And I think we run into this more than we know. And it's like also, you know steering our clients back to their marketing goals, but it's hard. Like someone in Amy Porterfield's group mm-hmm. is going to mention the other YouTube and how it affected their launch. And then everyone's going to go, ah, I need to be on there. And then they fizzle out and it burns up. Yeah. Like it trickles down to the team. And then suddenly we're like shifting our goals. So I really love that answer. Totally. I want to riff on that a little bit because so to go back a, a step, I just, for this new launch that I've been doing, I just went on like 15 different market research calls. So I practice what I preach and I say, I don't like market research, but I did it anyways. But it was so interesting because I learned so much about my audience and every single one of them reached out to do the call with me because they want to be on YouTube. But every single one almost said to me, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of a million different things. And I thought that was so interesting because I'm like, you're right. We do listen to podcasts and we do over consume And then we think, oh, well, we need to do this and we need to do this. We need to do this when in reality, that's just going to burn us out and it's going to burn you out as a marketing assistant too, and your clients out. And so how can we streamline our marketing to be effective, but not chasing a million different rabbits? I think that is such an important topic. And in my opinion, YouTube's the way to go, right? I'm biased (laughs) because I think it's going to save you time in the long run. But at the end of the day, like, if that's not where your client feels aligned, if, if you're helping them with that, or if, if it's you doing your YouTube channel and you don't feel aligned with it, then, you know, maybe you stick to something else that you can be more consistent with. Yeah, we give up the FOMO there. But honestly, we should all yeah. have that one platform and we should optimize it and do that the best we can and get all of the sales, all of all of our efforts should be focused to that. And I think that's why YouTube is so powerful because it can trickle down from there. Everything could be filled yeah. in later with the content you created. Even if you choose not to do TikTok right now, those videos are done. They're there. 
So I think this is a really smart way to look at the content workflow that we're doing if we have the clients who are willing to show up and be consistent. Yes, absolutely. And like, think about it. I said this to one client and it was her, I could see the little light bulb go off and I was like, you know, instead of chasing all these rabbit holes, what if you could just create four pieces of content a month? That's it. That's it. Four pieces of content and you are done. And she was like, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. And I'm like, that's what YouTube can do. Like in reality, that's what it can do. You create four pieces of content and then you break those down and it's done. And so if you're pitching this to one of your clients as a marketing assistant, this could be such a great add-on or value add for them. If you were like, hey, I can, you know, you shoot four videos and then I'm going to repurpose them and we're done. You know, there's no more back and forth about, okay, well, this is working on Instagram right now and this and this, and like, we need to create this. And it's just four topics broken down, thrown up across your channels and you're done. Yeah. I love that. Completely aligned to you, not copying what other people are doing. Nothing super trendy. It's you talking, showing your expertise and authority. I think it's brilliant. I have a couple little questions for you. So are there other strategic ways we can repurpose content that we haven't talked about other than you know, we slice and dice video, we repost it as a reel or a short form video somewhere else. Is there something else we could be doing maybe with some of the funnels we've already built and using YouTube to speed up the buying process? Yeah, absolutely. So I like to call video the queen of all content because it can literally be repurposed into anything. So you can split or repurpose one YouTube video into 26 different pieces of content if you really want to. And so that could go for Facebook ads, right? Like video view ads on Facebook or YouTube ads. You could strip the audio, put it up onto a podcast. You could transcribe it, put it into a blog. We already kind of mentioned the short form content, so that's obvious. You could write a LinkedIn article. You could create a carousel post. You could pull a quote from it and put that up on LinkedIn. You could create like those Instagram guides. Like there is literally anything you could pull from a video. I love that. I think sometimes it's tricky remembering, okay, LinkedIn only does 10 minutes and you know, YouTube shorts is 60 seconds. I feel like we need a cheat sheet for that. Do you have one? You said you had a million at lead magnets. Do you have a cheat sheet for that? I do, but it's not a lead magnet. It's in my program. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard keeping track of all of that and yeah. making sure you can really optimize it. But I'll tell you something I do in one of my lead magnet funnels. I send people over to my YouTube because I answer some common questions over there. I want them to hear the quick answer, hopefully fall in yeah. love with my quirkiness and subscribe while they're there. So I was kind of thinking in terms of that too, like how to use those keep those videos like with longevity, like strategically within our own content. But obviously cold traffic is always able to find them. But if we can reference them like we do a media mention, right, or a media Mm -hmm. opportunity, I think that would be pretty cool too. Or create, like something I do is create blogs around my YouTube videos. So then I like Mm -hmm. really milk SEO. That's where this video will live later. (laughs) Yes, I love that strategy. Yeah. I mean, there's so many opportunities, but again, you cannot be everywhere doing all of the things. Okay. My other question is what's working on YouTube shorts right now? Cause I've seen it like go like this for me and it's so fascinating other than the hater comments from like 18 year old boys who don't like the size of my forehead, but like what's working? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. YouTube shorts is so funny because I'm still just like really testing 
how to repurpose, like how my repurposed content is doing on shorts. And some of them do really well and some of them don't. Yeah. And so now I'm in this in the phase of, okay, let me put my lab coat on and really look at the analytics to see why it's not working or why certain videos are working over others. And so far what I've determined is that it's really about the hook. Like it needs to be a super, super strong hook at the beginning, even almost more so than something like TikTok. I know TikTok, obviously you need a strong hook too, but I feel like YouTube shorts is even a little bit more just because of how the search algorithm's working versus TikTok's mm. algorithm. Yeah. I feel like YouTube viewers, I have no data to back this up, but I feel like we make decisions so fast whether we're going to stay and watch that video or not based on the first three to five seconds. So I could see why that hook is a little bit more important. I don't know what it is about TikTok, but I'll kind of hang on a little bit too long. Way too many times I'm like, I should have ended this earlier, but I'm like yeah. waiting for it. So, oh, that's really yeah. interesting. Are most YouTube, do you know this? Are most YouTube viewers on their phones these days? Or are they on desktop? I would say for shorts, they're on their phone. Okay. But I would say that for searching, most people are probably on desktop. Yeah. Yeah, your your YouTube analytics will actually show you that, like where your views are coming from, desktop or mobile. But yeah, I was going to say, kind of going back to the um, thumbnails on that, it just kind of brought a point up for me, is that you do want to think about your mobile users, especially with the thumbnail, because it's so small, right? And so how can you create something that's going to pop even on a small mobile device? So just wanted to bring that tidbit back around. I have that pet peeve with podcast cover art. Like I'll see a lot of my peers, like I'm launching a podcast. Here's my art. And I'm like, you know, that's going to look like this on your phone app and your podcast app. And like, I love it, but please help us 40 year olds out, make it a little (laughs) bigger, but we're not going to be able to tell. Are they used to really like, you know, flowy, tiny, thin font. And I'm like, I know everybody loves that font, but it's illegible guys. We can't read it, especially on a phone. They're good pointers. I love that. This is so fun talking to you. I could just nerd out on yeah. YouTube. I can't wait to be in the place where I'm like, Melissa, just help me. Do you do strategy sessions by any chance? I do, yeah. So if we have clients who need the strategy, you could set it up and the DMA could help execute it. With that, is that something that is plausible? Okay, how do we work with Yeah, you? absolutely. Yeah, so I have just a YouTube strategy call, which is basically one hour on the call with me. We kind of go over what your business is looking like and how to kind of the next steps of your strategy. So that's option one. And then option two is a VIP day, which are my favorite things to do. So you get three hours on a call with me. And this just really gives even more in-depth strategy. And it also has a little bit of done for you. So depending on what your client might need, it could be editing, it could be a repurposing strategy, it could be keyword research. So I'll actually do that research for you or edit your videos for you or repurpose your content for you. And then on the call, we come up with a strategy of how you can replicate it. Okay, this is so amazing. I know a lot of people in my community need that. They need their client to go get their act together with a full-blown strategy. So, and I love they can work with you because you've had success with clients. Like you have niched down, you know what's working. And sometimes our clients need to go work with the expert and we need to be the ones to say like, it is time. Go here, here's Melissa. Yeah, and what's really cool with VIP days too is you get access to my YouTube lead lab for three months as well. So inside of there, 
in a membership where you can come in and you can say, okay, I did this, I just did this video for my client. Like, I don't understand the analytics. Can you help me? Or this title's not performing. Let's look at it. Or I wrote this script for my client, but it's not working. Can we audit it? That's where like we put our lab coats on and we really get in depth into your into your lead machine. So it's really exciting. Oh my gosh, I love it. All right. Where's the best place to connect with you? Well, YouTube, obviously. I mean, if you're if you're watching this and you liked what I said, definitely head over there. That's where all my bulk and meaty trainings are. And that's just at Wanderman Creative. And then Instagram is kind of like where I like to hang out and chat and build community. So you can pop over there and it's just at Wanderman Creative too. Awesome. And everyone go grab her YouTube checklist that will help you get moving really quick. Check out her masterclass that we mentioned. And Melissa, we'll see you over on YouTube. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. If you love this episode, would you please tag Melissa and I over on Instagram? You'll find all the links in the show notes so you can connect with Melissa. I encourage you to download her YouTube checklist. Check out her own YouTube channel. I'd love to hear what you're thinking about this series. DMs and tags are always welcome. While you're here, please get your application into the work group. I don't want you to miss out. We want you in our community. Together we'll be better. All right, thanks for joining me. We'll see you next week. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. that's awesome. There's a couple yeah. ways to work with you. Um, how, what do I want to ask now? Oh my God. <laughs> bloopers. Hello, bloopers. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It throws me off. I just throw myself off sometimes. <laughs>